It is Wednesday, October 14th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, just another one of Bucky's tackles, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in. Jaguars happy hour on this Wednesday ahead of Lions week, week six. The Jaguars trying to snap the slide. Four straight losses now for the Jags. J.P. Shadrick, we'll get to Bucky Brooks and John Ozier coming up. We've got a Lions-Jaguars preview on the show today. Run the ball. Maybe they'll do it a little bit more this week on offense, according to Jay Gruden today, Jaguars offensive coordinator. The uh, defense was game last week for about three quarters, and then the fourth corner kind of got to them. Um, a lot of guys were out, of course, last week on the front line of things. Uh, they could be healthier this week. Uniform unveiling. Jimmy Lux scheduled to join us at 4.30 to show off what the Jags will wear in their return home this Sunday. A scout's view with Bucky Brooks. And as always, we play big game Jaguar as we go into week six this time. Bucky Brooks is out in Los Angeles, California. And Bucky, it's time to, to snap the slide. It's time to get back on the winning track. Yeah, this is the week. The Detroit Lions offer us a tremendous opportunity to get back on track. Uh, just got to take care of business, play the right way, and I think we can get it done. Johnny O, got to get it done this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, you know, I thought you had to get it done the last three weeks, too. So uh, I don't know that this is a better <laughs> matchup than those. But no, no, I mean, I'm not being facetious, but you know, this is the last of a stretch that going into it, you realistically thought that you had chances and you, and you matched up well. So uh, I think they'd be the first to tell you. They have to play better just because it looks like a good matchup. You know, you know they still have to make plays in key situations, which they have not done enough the last three weeks. All right, we've got plenty to get to in this matchup, of course. Uh, coming up a little later, we'll get to the Jaguars' defense and how they'll recover from all the injuries last week. A few guys are back on the field today. But let's start on the offensive side of things. And that was a, a situation last week where the, the Jaguars did not uh, run the ball a lot in the game. Gardner Minshew threw it 49 times. And in fact, in all four Jaguars' losses, Minshew's thrown it 40 or more times each time out there. Robinson only got 13 carries in the game and ran for 48 yards. A lot of those were on the first couple of drives. He only had five yards rushing in the second half of the game on Sunday. So Jay Gruden today said that, as you know, always they're trying to balance it out a little bit more. And an ideal situation for Gardner would be 25 to 30 attempts in a game. That means more carries for James Robinson. And that was the uh, formula for victory, Bucky, back in week one. That is the way that the Jaguars have to play. Uh, it has to be about the running game. It has to be about reducing the load on Garner Minshew. Uh, I think it's interesting that you brought up that stat that in the last four games, Garner Minshew has 40 or more attempts in each of those games, which has coincided with a bunch of losses. Some of that is not his own fault, but I do believe Jay Gruden needs to make sure that he is able to control the game more by leaning on the run. I'd like to see James Robinson have 20 or more carries because that, to me, would, would tell me that the game plan is about conserving it, making sure that it's the run game first, and then Garner Minshew is the complimentary ditch. And, and John, it's against defenses that uh, do not rank well 
in terms of rushing uh, in the National Football League. Last week, the Texans went into the game the worst rushing defense in football. This week, the Lions are 32nd in the league. Yeah, and it, it has been. And from a purely statistical pregame breakdown, me and JP talking the game point of view, logic would have told you you run until you can't run anymore against the Texans. So that's boring because I've already talked about that. What I'd love to know, Bucky, from the scouts' point of view, was there something the Texans were doing that made them say, this is a defense we can throw against? Because coordinators don't go into games trying to do the weird thing. Was there something the Texans were showing that made it look like they should be able to beat that defense with the, the pass? Well, I mean, the Texans hadn't been very good on defense either. They had had some problems and issues in coverage. Uh, they weren't as tight as they had been. New defensive coordinator trying to figure out how to mix the fronts with the coverages. And so you saw some opportunities for big plays. Uh, I think the one thing about attacking a team or building your game plan to be in attack mode, you have to always be mindful of what you do really, really well. Early in the season, we saw James Robson get off to a strong start by running the football when they were in those traditional I formations, ran play action off of that. It seemed to work well. Of late, we've seen a little more shotgun, a little more Garner Minshew-centric offense, and it hasn't worked as well. I think they have to get back to the basics and get back to being a, a ground-and-pound type football team. Because, guys, they have the, the offensive line to do it. We've talked about that on this show and other shows this year, that the line has held up well this year. I mean, Linder was out with injury, but Shatley came in at center and played well in his place. So they have the group up front to be able to, to handle that kind of load in the running game. And you know, I'm, I'm not an offensive lineman. I might eat like one, according to Joe, who opened the show. But um, run blocking is what these guys like to do more than anything up front. Bucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's easy when you look at this offensive line. This offensive line is, is built to maul people at the point of attack, uh, from Cam Robinson to Jamar Taylor. Like, this is what they do. And so you want to put them in a position where they can go forward, knock people off the ball, and then use play action to help them. If we get into this pass-happy attack where everyone knows that we're passing, it really puts the offensive linemen in harm's way because they're not necessarily built to be a pass protection offensive line, 40 plus snaps. And so get back to the basics, commit the running the football. Even if you're not getting those runs, the rush attempts matter more than the yardage. You want to be able to slow down the game, dictate the terms and really protect your defense as well. John, overall uh, about uh, Gardner Minshew's Play last week. We know about the attempts, 49 attempts a lot, and, and Gruden's trying to come off that a little bit in the ideal world. Uh, but in that, in the just the, looking at the game, looking at Gardner play last week, and, and listening to him today, which we always say on this show, he doesn't give you a whole lot. Um, what did you make of the way Gardner handled those attempts and those plays last week? Well, um, again, I want Gardner Minshew to succeed because I really like him and I hope he's the franchise guy. But to me in the last couple of weeks and from talking to people who watch film far more than I, there have been issues with pocket presence, which sort of ties into the other issue of does he see the receivers downfield at a high level, meaning is, is he processing it? And more than anything, 
arm strength was the thing coming out. It's the reason he was a sixth-round pick. It's the reason you're not sure about him. Does he have the arm? Does he have the confidence to make throws into the, the big football cliche we've heard for weeks, the tight window throw? I haven't seen that. It looks to me like he's hesitating in the pocket because he's not making those you know, tight window throws you need to make. But I would rather hear Bucky on this because he's the guy who knows how this works far better than I. Hey, John, I'm glad you actually brought that up because there's been a lot of conversation in scouting circles. What is the main difference between Garner Minshew and Baker Mayfield? That was a conversation early in the year because same size, similar production in a similar system to Air Raid, Washington State, and at Oklahoma. And I think the way that Baker Mayfield has been utilizing Cleveland this year is really the blueprint for how the Jaguars can utilize Minshew. More run game, more play action, easy throws off play action because it separates the defense. The windows are bigger. It allows your receivers to have more one-on-one matchups. Now, I don't know if James Robinson can command the kind of attention that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt do, but that blueprint that is working in Cleveland should be copied and mimicked and, and replicated down in Jacksonville because it is a formula that will work for Garner Minshew because I think it makes the game a lot easier for him. Yeah, the, the Browns certainly can run the football this year up in Cleveland, and they're off to a fantastic start, the best start they've had since the early 90s. Let's get to this week's matchup, the Detroit Lions. And if you look at their depth chart and their statistics Bucky, there aren't a lot of household names on the defensive side of the football. Where does this defense hang their hat? What do they do? Really, this, this is a defense that hangs their hat on Matt Patricia and his scheming. Uh, Matt Patricia has tried to steal a page out of the New England Patriots playbook where, A, it's about the scheme. We put players in the right situation. They brought over a bunch of Patriots that understand how to kind of play in this snowflake game plan that changes each and every week. What I can guarantee you, the Detroit Lions are a team that plays a lot of man-to-man. When I'm looking at their snap counts, the first four weeks of the season, 82 snaps a man, 81 snaps a man, 56 and 63 respectively. They've become a little more zone-centric of late because the man-to-man was creating big play opportunities for the opponent. Now, how will they play Jacksonville based on what Garner Minshew has done? Will we see more man, more man-to-man because they feel like they can cover the guys? Or will they play zone and dare Garner Minshew to make those tight window throws? They did it successfully against Kyler Murray. Garner Minshew isn't the same talent as Kyler Murray, but you could see the Detroit Lions play a little more zone, keep their eyes on Minshew, and really challenge him to make some of these tight window throws that he struggled with the last couple of weeks. It'll be uh, an interesting battle to watch. Uh, a couple names to watch for Romeo Aquara. Uh, Tracy Walker, who's from right around here in Brunswick, right up the road, and uh, Jeff Okuda. Of course, Okuda and Henderson, the top two corners in the draft uh, last year. John, that'll be something, uh, you know, they're not going head-to-head to each other, but those are the two big names. We'll get Bucky's take in a second. But, John, uh, you got Okuda, you got Henderson. Uh, those are the two top guys coming out last year. Yeah, and it, uh, Okuda was the, quote, better overall player. And I, I probably learned this in a conversation with Bucky, but Akuda was the better overall player, and CJ was considered the premier cover corner in the in the draft. You hope CJ's healthy. It sounded from today, by the way, like CJ, Miles, Jack, and Josh Allen will all play Sunday. They were limited in practice today. 
So it looks like Henderson will be on the field for that matchup. And, uh, you know, from that point of view, Henderson and the other Jaguars players who are coming back, those are your big play guys. They need big plays on defense. So let's see if, if CJ can have a game like he did week one. It'll be a high-profile game where he should be motivated. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Bucky, who's had the better start so far, Henderson or Okuda? You know, it's really a push. Henderson missing uh, a game or so with, with injuries has made it. He had the outstanding performance early in the year. Jeffrey Okuda is just very, very solid. I think the difference um, in the two coming out, Jeffrey Okuda was just very solid and consistent in everything. He, may not have, he might not have been like the premier athlete that maybe C.J. Henderson was, but every time you turn on the tape, you knew exactly what you were getting. I think there were a little more ups and downs and spikes in Henderson's play. Both are very talented. Both are worthy of being first-round picks. And I think both teams are happy with what they're getting. All right, guys, let's come back in a moment. We will get a little more in-depth on this Jaguars defense. It was without a handful of starters a week ago. But as John just alluded to there, a few back on the practice field this week. And some guys stepped up in their place last week, too. And the matchup with Matthew Stafford, Adrian Peterson, now a Lion as well. We're off and running. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity welcome back jaguars happy hour presented by the fields auto group farah and farah reminds you to continue to wear a mask help prevent the spread of covid 19 farah and farah protecting you and your family since 1979 jp shadrick bucky brooks and john osier on this wednesday week six we had football last night on Tuesday night. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later. Jimmy Luck right around the corner as well, the Jags equipment manager to show off what the Jaguars are wearing this Sunday. Let's get to the Jags defense, though. Last week, guys, four starters out. Jack, Josh Allen, C.J. Henderson, D.J. Hayden, if you want to count him, he was on IR last week. 
And then Josh Jones was ejected from the game. So five frontline guys out, John. But there were some guys that stepped in there and played pretty well in their place. Dakota Allen had seven tackles. Daniel Thomas led the team in tackles, seven solo tackles last week, and he played only a half. He came in after Josh Jones was run from the game. And then Smoot had a sack and three quarterback hit Sidney Jones with a handful of pass defenses. So there were some guys, John, that, that came in in uh, what could have been an adverse situation and performed fairly well last week. Yeah, they gave the team a chance. They broke serve a couple of times, to borrow a tennis term, and they got themselves in it. I don't think this defense this year is going to pitch a lot of shutouts. That's a newsflash. But it's going to give up points. But if you can get your hand on a couple of balls, if you can create some turnovers and create opportunities, the huge disappointment was they did that twice and got no points. Had they done that, then all of a sudden I think the game is a lot different. Encouraged, I am anyway, by Smoot and by Sidney Jones. I don't know that Smoot has played his way into a dramatically different long-term role. What I wonder is, Sidney Jones, who Bucky knows well because mm -hmm. he's a draft guy, good prospect, didn't work out in Philly. Maybe he's a guy you package across from Henderson, move Herndon inside the nickel, solidify that a little bit. I don't know that that's what they'll do, but it's a way to get him on the field. And maybe he's a guy who can be long-term at that spot. You know, John, I'm, I'm glad you actually brought up Sidney Jones's name. I just wrote that note down in, in my uh, notebook because he was a guy that was a big-time prospect coming out of Washington. And what happened during his pro day when he was coming out, he popped his Achilles tendon. And during his time at Philadelphia, he was never quite right. And so for the Jaguars to pick him up, to get him, when you put him on the field, this is the guy that we saw when he was at UW. And if he can continue to play like this, to put him alongside C.J. Henderson, it gives you really what I think two high-end prospects at the corners. And then with Trey Herndon moving inside, I think it solidifies that starting three that you want in coverage gives them a chance to play the style of football that they want to play. Because to clarify, Bucky, you get a... I didn't mean to interrupt, JP, I'm sorry. But uh, oh, to clarify good. what Bucky said, he was a first-round guy, and he popped his Achilles at his pro day. So he still got drafted in the second round. I believe I'm right on this. Yes. He still got drafted in the second round after the Achilles injury. Without that, I guess he was one of the top three, four guys in the draft that year. If he's right, now you've got two first-round corners, one of which is on the cheap and still very manageable in terms of contract. Uh, they would take that right now, considering the roster build that they're in. Oh, yeah. If they, can, if they get something out of Sidney Jones, it kind of reminds me of the Aaron Colvin situation. Remember, he tore his ACL at the yes. Senior Bowl in Mobile, and then a few years, you know, he went down the draft a little bit. The Jags took a chance on him, and he... And he came back and played well for this organization uh, a little bit later. Um, all right, so the, the matchup this, this week, obviously, uh, Matthew Stafford is the guy. And he's played the Jags twice, guys, in his career. And he hasn't really lit him up. He's, he hasn't thrown any touchdowns against this team, and he hasn't thrown any picks. Uh, you see his numbers there, 70% passing, but uh, fairly modest statistically against the Jaguars. They've run the ball well in those games. Um, but Matthew Stafford is a guy, John, that, I mean, he's a franchise guy for a reason. He can light you up if you let him. Well, he's got all kinds of arm talent, and 
He can make every throw, all, all that thing. You're not a number one overall pick without all that stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell. This is a tough game to analyze because the Lions have been good. They've been ahead of teams. They've given a lot of games away. I think on paper, you would say that they're the favorite. They're the better team because the Jaguars haven't proven that they should be a better team than anybody right now. But Stafford's dangerous. It's the old thing. Can this team pass rush? This is two pass rushes, by the way, that are struggling. The Lions are struggling just as much as the Jags. Josh Allen getting back. Can you get some sort of pressure to force mistakes? Because we can analyze things all we want on the Jaguars this year. They're going to have to force mistakes and turnovers to stay in games this year. I don't think the defense is going to throw five, six, seven straight three and out at teams the way they could a couple years back. Matthew yeah, John, Stafford, think, what is he most effective at, uh, Bucky? Yeah, when you look at this offense, um, he really has a good connection with Daryl Belville. He's been solid with the offense. He has weapons around him that he can target. Um, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Adrian Peterson has given them a boost in the running game. Um, but he is also one that is prone to turn the ball over. And it just kind of depends on if you can get enough pressure on him to rattle his cage a little bit. He doesn't mind making a couple of hero throws that can land in the hands of Jaguars defenders. The thing that you have to do is you have to win early down situations, force the Lions to throw in obvious passing downs, and then someone has to be able to heat them up. Um, that would be the challenge. That is what I would expect Todd Wash to really talk about. We have to win early downs to force Matthew Stafford to throw on obvious passing downs. We've got Hawkinson as well, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end there, who was a high draft pick, obviously, and might have been a Jaguars selection, has not been for some movement above them in the draft. Uh, how has he played so far, Bucky, for the Lions? He's been okay. Um, Injuries hurt him last year. Um, he hasn't necessarily been the dominant player that we expected. Uh, when you're taking in the top 10, you expect a dominant player very, very early in his career. He hasn't played to that level, but he's a solid piece of their offensive puzzle. He's someone that you have to understand their whereabouts. He's not quite the difference maker as a run blocker or even as a receiver that you want, but he's certainly someone you have to keep an eye on. Yeah, and the Jags have had moments where they've had issues with tight ends on the other side, of course, John. We've, we've seen that <laughs> in uh, times past around here. Yeah, well, you've seen it. You know, there's some say you see it every week for, you know, 10 years. It's, it's not that extreme. But certainly they have had trouble covering the tight end. They had a huge breakout uh, when it looked like Schobert or Dakota Allen, whichever lost uh, the tight end the other day. It's been a mammoth issue. Uh, from looking at Hawkinson's numbers, Bucky studies more than I do, the other guys and the other, other teams. Doesn't look like Hawkinson's an extreme threat, but you know, with this defense right now, there's been enough lapses where you worry if they lose eye contact or have bad eyes, as they say on Hawkinson, he can certainly beat you. So, you know, look, with this defense right now, you, you kind of got to watch everything because there's not enough depth and frontline guys to go around. So, you hope the linebackers can cover tight ends better than they did last week. All right. Um, you mentioned Adrian Peterson. He is fifth on the NFL all-time rushing list, of course, and he's got some work to do to, to move up uh, the ladder there to those upper echelon guys. He's, uh, gosh, about 800 yards or so shy of Barry Sanders for fourth. Frank Gore still playing, so he might not catch him. 
uh, Emmett's way up there, so uh, you know he's going to have to play at least a couple, three years to maybe get there. How much gas does AP have left in the tank there, Bucky? You know, it's surprising when he left the Washington Football Team. I thought it might have—I thought it was over for Adrian Peterson. He's fine because he's de- dependable and reliable, but he doesn't have the pop anymore. He doesn't have that juice that you expect your top running back to have. But he reunited with his old offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel trusts him. He's given him 20 carries, so he's been productive. Jaguars defense against the run. Uh, John, of course, going into the season, that was a big conversation point for this group after all the 200-yard games they gave up a year ago. How would you grade their performance against the run this year, John? Well, I think you have to grade it in two parts. And people hate talking about injuries, but it was it was certainly treading water, which, again, with this defense this year, if you can stay afloat, that's the goal. The frontline guys aren't there to be great. With Miles Jack, they were a much improved, reliable run defense that wasn't giving up a lot of breakout plays. I expect Miles and Jared Wilson both in the game this week. Those two guys are both very reliable, in the right place. Schobert will be there. I think they'll be fine against the run as long as Wilson and Jack are in games and they're not allowing the, the many, 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 JP. Did I say many? breakout runs from last year as long as those two guys are in there they'll be adequate against the run enough to give themselves a chance to get in some of those third and longs that Bucky was talking about earlier right we were we were um we obviously saw the difference right away when Miles left that game in in Cincinnati but it felt like Dakota Allen played better last week didn't watch the tape obviously but you know stood in there had a week of preparation Mm -hmm and played better in that role last week. Bucky, you see the same thing? Yeah, no, Dakota Allen stepped up, played well. Um, obviously, he's not on the same par as Miles Jack. Miles Jack was playing at a Pro Bowl level, I mean, all pro level, uh, those first couple of games. And so the Jaguars need to get him back in the lineup. But for a stopgap stop player, a player who was thrust into duty, he did a very, very solid job stepping in for Miles Jack. You need to continue to see him play like that when he gets his opportunity. All right, so it sounds like, guys, that the the defense will be back. The band is back together this week, right, John? I mean, this is the group that they're uh, they're going to battle with. Yeah, it's the band. I mean, I mean, they're back together, and you hope that again. You saw an addition in Sidney Jones. You saw Wilson being back. Maybe that makes the secondary, uh, Josh Jones being back. All of a sudden, you've mm-hmm. got guys in the secondary who you think, okay, these might be a, an improved bunch over what you had going into training camp. Maybe. So now if you add the playmakers back, which is CJ, mm-hmm. Jack, and Allen, those are guys that you expect. Wouldn't be surprising if those three guys created, what, 10, 12 turnovers in a year or 12, 10, 12 big plays, game-turning plays. That's what you got to have in this because they're not going to shut teams out, but they can create plays, so that's their formula. They've got to break serve. You know, John, you bring up a good point um, in talking about the playmakers. Uh, They played the last game without the playmakers, and it's important for an elite defense, and I'm not saying that the Jaguars obviously are an elite defense, but in going there, you have to have a playmaker at every level that can be what we call a blue-chip player, and you have that in Josh Allen, you have that in Miles Jack, and you also have that emerging in C.J. Henderson. Getting those guys back, that's the difference between being good 
and great. The onus is on those guys to bring those big splash plays that are lacking on defense. You need those guys to deliver that. Yeah, JP, that, one course, final thing. Miles Jack, here. yes. Back when Dave Caldwell before the season said, I love this team, I don't think he loved it with C.J. Henderson, Miles Jack, and Josh Allen not on the field. I mean, you know, so they're <laughs> right. key guys, and as Bucky said, they're the main guys on this defense. They're the guys who give you a chance at every level, as Bucky said. Yeah, of course. And I was going to say, Miles Jack made one of those splash plays uh, two weeks ago now in Cincinnati with that interception in the end zone, above the X's and O's type of plays there. Let's come back in a moment. Jimmy Luck will join us, Jaguars equipment manager. We'll see what the Jaguars will wear this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. They haven't been home in a while. I wonder if that's a clue of what they're going to wear. This season, the Jags are launching predictive gaming exclusively in the Jags mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers to win prizes. Check the games out in the mobile app now. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash. Start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan and Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission, we're nonprofit. So we pass the savings along to our members because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. That music each Wednesday means it's time for Jimmy Luck. There uh, might be some breaking trade news as well. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Jimmy Luck joining us from TIAA Bank Field. What's up, man? How are you? Jimmy, are you there? Jimmy, you're muted. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm here. Can you hear me? For goodness sakes, we've got you now. How are you? You got the now? Okay. I know you can see the hat. <laughs> yeah, what is what is the hat? What's the deal with the hat? That's the, uh, we're, this is a crucial catch uh, month, and this is our big crucial catch game. So uh, this is the, I guess, more fashionable version of the crucial catch hat. Uh, most of the coaches will probably wear the more tamed down version, but uh, I know this is right up uh, Zones Alley here with the tie-dye, the hippie stuff. 
Right, John? Is he yeah, right? Throw one of those hats my way, Jim. Hey, I will. Throw one I, of those I got hats you. My way, and uh, I'll take a couple of hoodies too while you're at it. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twelve and a half medium. shoes over here, Bucky. What's your size, Bucky? Yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, let's let's get it all. I've, I've been in the team store. I, I got the crucial cash thing. That hey, that was what I was going to break out this week. That was my lucky my lucky sweatshirt. You see, I got the the service in action. I, I went and got that. So now I just need nice. to go and make sure that we're ready to get a win this week. That's like right. That. Yeah, uh, Joe well, Fortunato. Hey, we look is, good. Uh, that's we've done our part, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's what it is. That's what it's about. Joe Fortunato is about a medium, I think, though, Jimmy. So just keep that in mind. Put that on your list too. I, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So Same. back home, and you you mentioned the Cancer Awareness Month stuff with a hat. But what else is involved in that? Are there other things players? can wear on the field during a week like this? Yeah, they, um, there's uh, some wristbands here and there that guys can wear. We've got sweatshirts, uh, although it's probably be a little warm uh, for that, but we've got sweatshirts. Some guys have some shoes. Some guys have some gloves. Um, but like I say, most guys will probably have like, you know, a wristband or something that may, uh, you know, call out one uh, particular cause that they want to support. It's good stuff. It's, it's, you know, these different, uh, each, you know, not every month, but a lot of months have different ideas. There's a military awareness game. There's a cancer awareness uh, month as well, where the team can do these type of things. And, you know, it, it, it gives guys options to, to show different ways and different people that may be in their lives. And that's a pretty cool thing that the league does on a month to month basis, Jimmy. Yeah, and then uh, later on in the year, they'll do the uh, My Cause, My Cleats, where uh, a lot of guys choose their foundations or, or different things that, you know, they'll paint their cleats up um, with their with whoever they want to support there. And it uh, brings a lot of attention to, you know, what they want to support. And it's, you know, something to help us bring attention to our fans and um, in support of the players. What does the other hat look like, by the way? This was the more fashionable hat. What does the other hat look like? <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like gray and it just has like a, a kind of a tie dye outline on there, but it's, uh, it's much more conservative, probably up more your alley JP. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Is that a compliment? I don't know. Uh, let's get to the uniforms this week. The Jaguars are at home against the Detroit lions. Jimmy luck. What will they wear Sunday? All right. So we're going to go with. The teal jerseys, and we got the crucial catch patch right there, right here. Sorry, looking at it backwards. So, uh, J Dub there, uh, and then we will go with the white pants, which uh, I heard on Twitter this week is uh, kind of a fan favorite. So uh, that kind of made me feel good with the combinations there. I won't get roasted this week. <laughs> I like that combination. I like the combination. I like the white pants and teal jerseys. That's a winning combination, JP. We're back on track this week. There you yes, go. Yeah. I like that. I like Way it. to go. Way to go, Jimmy. Way to go, Jimmy. Way to bring it. Let's get a W this week. Uh, well done. And, yes, we'll all look forward to hats. We'll send one to L.A. for Bucky, too. But, uh, Jimmy, thank you very much. Have a great week. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Jimmy Luck, out of here, head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Teal over white at home. This Sunday, a 1 o'clock kickoff. The game presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. We're back with 
Scouts View and Big Game Jaguar. After this, it's Jaguar's Happy Hour on the Jaguar's Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose farah and farah first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier, and some uh, news coming down the uh, Twitter machine today. Uh, just a few minutes ago, it has not been confirmed by the teams yet, but reports coming from NFL Network. Mike Garofolo and Tom Palacero reporting that the Titans are trading Kamale Correa to the Jaguars. He's a linebacker. A rare in-division trade if this comes through, Bucky. How about that? Yeah, it's really interesting because this guy was uh, really um, a prominent prospect coming out of Boise State. You like the versatility. You like the fact that he could get after the passer. He could do a bunch of different things. For whatever reason, it hasn't materialized at the NFL level. But when you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're looking for guys that can potentially make plays, you want to give Corey an opportunity to get into rotation and maybe he can help support this pass rush as a guy that can blitz off the edge and do a bunch of different things from a stand-up or even a three-point stance. John, when you got to find guys, you got to find them anywhere, and, and even in the division. You don't see this too often. Yeah, and if the reports are right, uh, Paul Kaharski, who's uh, very tied in up in Nashville, says it was a flip-flop of the seventh-round pick, meaning Titans get the Jaguars, vice versa. So that, in that sense, that doesn't surprise me that that's part of it because this team does not want to give up draft equity number of picks that they control in a draft. Uh, so basically, they swapped picks to ensure that they would be able to claim him or get him uh, once he was released. So I'm assuming, Bucky, that he can play strong side backer and rush the passer, similar to maybe a Cassius Marsh. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Yeah, that's a great uh, comparison because that's where he would actually fit in. He is a guy that is heavy-handed. He can play the strong side linebacker spot. You would like to free him up where he can rush and do some of those things. He has eight and a half sacks in his career. But the thing was, when he was at Boise State, like multiple seasons where he had double-digit sacks, was a guy that was a dominant performer and player. And for whatever reason, it just didn't necessarily work out in Baltimore and then in Tennessee. But maybe the third time's the charm. Maybe it's the right system for him to be able to flourish like he flourished when he was at Boise State. Interested in the timing of this, too, because, you know, if it's announced today, has it been in the works? When does the testing happen? And there's still got to be a window for him to get here. So I would I'm going to guess and I'm speculating because it hasn't even been officially announced yet that he may not be ready for Sunday's game. That would be a quick turnaround there, Bucky. Yeah, it would be a quick turnaround. But I think you can get excited about what he potentially could bring. Um, He's another guy you throw into the rotation because. I mean, we struggle generating a consistent pass rush. You're looking for any and anybody, anybody that can contribute and add something to the mix. So, yeah, you bring him in, you kick the tires on him. It only costs you an exchange of positions in the seventh round. Why not give him an opportunity to see if he can add something to this defense as a pass rusher? All right. So that's the uh, the latest and greatest. As we said, uh, if anything official comes through in the next uh, few minutes here, we'll pass it along to you. Those are reports, though from NFL Network today. The Jaguars have made a trade with the Titans for a linebacker. Speaking of the Titans, last night, uh, they come through and and put together an absolutely impressive performance against the Buffalo Bills. And Bucky, how many practices did they have in the last two weeks that were official practices? You know, JP, what's remarkable about their effort on Tuesday night they were able to dominate the Buffalo Bills, and they only had three practices in their facility. And each of those practices consisted of really an extended walkthrough. And so without full contact practices, with just using Zoom meetings or virtual meetings away from each other and encouraging their guys to work out on their own, they were able to get it done. And when you heard them talk, they talked about a no excuses mentality. I think this doesn't bode well for the coaches who always talk about needing practice time. We didn't get enough practice days. We need more contact. The way that they looked and the way that they performed, maybe it kind of debunks some of that stuff when it comes to the need to have practice and some of these physical practices when you see the Titans play the, the way that they play. John, you buying this? Yeah, because, JP, unfortunately for you, you have to read my thoughts every day, which I'm, I'm sorry about uh, that but you read the Ozone every day. I've always thought OTAs, you know, a lot of this stuff is overrated. Uh, In-season practice, you know, be fresh, be fast, be ready to go, especially for an experienced team, which to me the Titans are a little more experienced than a lot of teams. I don't know why it feels that way, but they just are. Uh, Be fresh and ready to go and prepared. Uh, the in-season practice, meh. And I know so much, Bucky, <laughs> but, because I played the game. No, 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 no John, but I, I think you bring something up. Um, I sat and listened to Mike Brabel's presser after the game, and he talked about given the circumstances, they wanted to make sure that they just used their core package, their base plays. They wanted to simplify everything, make sure that their players feel good about what they were doing. So it was less about preparing um, in-depth about the Buffalo Bills 
and more about let's just make sure we do the things that our guys know well and let them perform. I think there's a lesson to be learned uh, from that. And I think a lot of coaches will pay attention to how the Titans were able to play at such a high level without a lot of practice time. Yeah, and, and well, now JP, a really quick turnaround this week, too. Yeah. And, it, you know, I worked for the Colts for 10 years with, with uh, Tony Dungy, who I think is one of the better coaches I've ever been around. Whenever they had a bad game, and he's not alone in this, it's a, it's a league-wide philosophy. You have a bad game, you don't add stuff to simplify it so you can play faster, especially on defense. So this ties in with that. Don't overcomplicate things. These guys are NFL players. They know what to do. Let them go play. So there is an element of that. And, you know, I think you might see four or five teams just cancel practice this week, Buck. Yeah, yeah, I would, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Hey, just, just have a couple walkthroughs. Let's get to the game fresh and ready to play. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys on the Microsoft Teams meeting, fellas. <laughs> uh, enjoy the house. Um, let's get to big game Jaguar this week as we wind down here. And it's a big game this week. Of course, the Jags have the Detroit Lions here at home. They've been away for two weeks. The Jags have their away next week in Los Angeles before the bye. So a chance to get a little home cooking. So, Bucky, get us started with big game Jaguar. Who you got? Oh, I'm going to take Miles Jack, and Miles Jack is a blue-chip player. He's a player that is desperately missed. Look at the production the first three games, 11 tackles in each of those games. They need that at the second level. If he returns, man, he would give a huge boost to this defense. I think he dominates if he comes back and plays against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, sounds like he was on the he was on the field when we were out there today, which is good news. And uh, let's see if he can get back and, and get in that starting lineup this week. John Osier, how about you? Yeah, just quick thought on Miles. So happy for him. JP, you've been around him. Got crushed last year, really, for reasons beyond his control. And boy, is he big time. He probably would have been mine. Uh, but I sensed that Bucky would go Miles this week. So I went, I went with Josh Allen. Uh, coming back, sort of the same vein we talked about already in the show. This team needs big plays and big moments from the defense because it's not going to be the 2,000 Ravens and shut people down. Josh is a guy, hadn't shown it yet this year, but he's one of the guys who you're never surprised if after the game you're talking to him about multiple sacks, multiple big plays. He's capable of it. Get Stafford in some bad situations get Josh Allen after him, and make him throw the ball to C.J. Henderson. That's a way they could turn this game early. So Josh Allen, my big game player. Miles Jack, Josh Allen, a dog is contributing to the broadcast today, which is great. And let's get <laughs> to mine. mine for the week. I think that's it's, it's Jaber, maybe. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's not my big game Jaguar, by the way, is not the uh, the pooch that is barking in the background. I'm going with James Robinson. Yes, I am. I went with James Robinson last week, too, because some of the reasons we talked about earlier on the show with the, the Texans had struggled against the run. Maybe they could shorten the game up a little bit. Well, this is certainly the scenario, I think, for me this week to give James Robinson the ball a little bit more than they did last week. He only had 13 touches last week on the ground. Five of those in the second half for five yards. Jay Gruden today said they're going to try to balance it out some more, but the way the games have been played, sometimes they're chasing points and trying to get back in the fourth quarter, so they've had to get away from it a bit early. Give me James Robinson as a big game Jaguar. Run the ball. 
eat some clock, manage the time of possession, keep the defense over the sideline, keep Matt Stafford over there sipping Gatorade, and I think that's mine for this week. I like the dog con contributor. That was a nice way to do that every week. Have a different animal. <laughs> No? John, where, you, John, you have the rat dog over there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, rat dog's at my feet. He's getting edgy. It's dinner time, so, so uh, if we don't get off this thing in about five minutes, uh, you'll hear from her. Well, good news. We are almost done then. So, all right, final thought about the feeling for this week. It's a four-game slide. Um, you know, there's the, the trip to L.A. next week against a, a Chargers team that is surging with a good quarterback and then the bye week. So at some point, this thing has to stop. John, it's got to start here. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said earlier in the show, not being facetious, but we've thought the last two or three weeks that it should stop and that they should do certain things. Haven't been able to do it. And because they haven't been able to make big plays at key times, can they do it this week? You know, I, uh, I, I hope so. I want this defense to show what it showed last week in terms of some big plays on defense that gave the offense a chance. My sense is with Stafford, they'll get that chance. Can they catch the ball when he throws it to them? Always a big question with him. And then with this team, Jay Gruden talked about it today. If you remember the Colts game, JP, remember that far back, they – scored two of two in the red zone, got touchdowns with opportunities. The other day, they gave away two opportunities, failed to get 10 points. This team can't do that. If they take advantage of their opportunities, they'll have a chance to win Sunday. How about you, Bucky? Yeah, no, it's all about cashing in on the opportunities. This game was, last week, the game was right there for them to win it. They had opportunities to cash in, and they didn't. This has to be a week where they're able to get that. If they get turnovers, they get in the red zone, and they're kicking field goals, they need to knock those through. And also, let's put the uh, trick plays to bed. Let's just try and keep it simple in these critical situations. The uh, Jaguars are now on their fifth kicker of the season as well this week, and uh, it's, it's uh, far from ideal. It's a, it's a crazy one. We've never seen one like that before. All right, guys, have a great week, and uh, John, we'll look forward to your writing all week long, and, and Bucky, we will catch up with you on postgame, and we'll take co phone calls on Sunday. How about it? Yes, let's do it after a win. After a win, Bucky Brooks, John Osier, our entire crew. I'm JP Shadrick. We've gone to the dogs this Jaguars happy hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.